Welcome to this special Nobel Prize edition of Science Talk, the podcast of Scientific American. I'm Steve Mursky. Here are the 2013 Nobel laureates in physiology or medicine. Juline Zirath heads the section of Integrative Physiology, Department of Molecular Medicine and Surgery at Karolinska Institute and is a member of the Nobel Assembly. She announced the prize shortly after 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time this morning. Professor James Rothman from Yale University, New Haven, Connecticut, USA, Professor Randy Sheckman, University of California, Berkeley, USA, and Professor Thomas Sudoff, Stanford University School of Medicine, Palo Alto, California, USA. The 2013 Nobel laureates have been interested in questions related to fundamental cell physiology. One of the greatest mysteries of cell physiology was how the right substances could be delivered to the right destinations at the right time. How are molecules such as hormones, transport proteins, or neurotransmitters correctly routed to their appropriate destination? And how is this process controlled with temporal precision? The 2013 Nobel Prize honors three scientists who have solved the mystery of how the cell organizes its transport system. Each cell of the body has a complex organization that separates specific cellular functions into compartments. This compartmentalization vastly improves the efficiency of many cellular functions and it prevents potentially dangerous molecules from roaming freely within the cell. Molecules are transported around the cell in small bubble-like vesicles. These vesicles shuttle their cargo between different compartments in the cell. The three Nobel laureates have discovered the the molecular principles that govern how this molecular cargo is delivered with precision to the right place at the right time in the cell. Location and timing are everything. Randy Sheckman studied how the cell organizes its transport system. In the 1970s, he studied the genetic basis for this transport process using yeast as a cell model. Sheckman identified yeast cells with defective transport machinery, vesicles, piled up in certain parts of the cell. Sheckman found that the cause of this congestion was genetic, and he went on to identify the genes that mediate specific steps in vesicle transport. James Rothman also studied the nature of the cell's transport system. In the 1980s and 1990s, Rothman discovered specific proteins These specific proteins form a complex enabling vesicles to fuse with their target membrane. In the fusion process, proteins on the vesicle and target membranes bind to each other like two sides of a zipper. This ensures that the vesicle fuses at the right location and that the cargo molecules can be delivered to the correct destination. But questions still lingered. How is the release 
of the cargo controlled in such a precise manner. Thomas Sudoff, he was interested in how nerve cells communicate with one another in the brain and how signals instruct vesicles to release their cargo with precision. In the 1990s, he searched for calcium-sensitive proteins that control this process. He identified molecular machinery that senses calcium ions and triggers vesicle fusion. Calcium binds to this machinery and triggers the complete fusion of the vesicle with the target membrane. Sudoff's discovery explained how temporal precision was achieved and how vesicles could rapidly release their cargo upon command. The vesicle is routed towards its membrane. Proteins on the vesicle and the membrane bind to each other like two sides of a zipper. The vesicle fuses with the membrane. Once the vesicle is in position, it must wait until calcium enters the cell. Calcium binds to a molecular sensor on this complex, and that explains how temporal precision is achieved and how signaling substances can be released from the vesicle on command. The vesicle transport system is critical for a variety of physiological processes, ranging from signaling in the brain to release of hormones to release of immune cytokines. Without this wonderfully precise organization, the cell would lapse into chaos. Defective vesicle transport occurs in a variety of diseases, including a number of neurological and immunological disorders, as well as in diabetes. The 2013 Nobel laureates have discovered a fundamental process of cell physiology. Their discoveries have had a major impact to advance the understanding of the machinery regulating vesicle traffic, a major transport system in the cell. Following the Nobel Prize announcement, Jern Hansen, secretary of the Nobel Assembly, took questions from the audience. Have they been collaborating scientifically? Um, Yes, I think Rothman and Schechtman have been collaborating, right? Well, they started their work all independently. And it was very interesting that the work of Schechtman and Yeast and the work of Rothman and Mammals, they were aware of each other's studies. And so that led to collaborations later. And I don't believe that they have collaborated with Sudoff. So that's a complementary line of research. Could you say something about uh, clinical use of this research? For instance, what kind of medications have been uh, um, created from this? I think we'll ask uh, our clinician, Jan-Inge Henter, to comment on that. So first of all, we have to realize that this is a, a prize on, on physiology, on cell physiology. Uh, but these beautiful discoveries have importance for our understanding of the human body and obviously implications for diseases in various organs, such as uh, the nervous system, diabetes, and immune disorders. Could you perhaps give us an example of... I know that it's used in diagnostics, isn't it? Well, yes. So there are a set up of, um, of implications. First of all, we can think of tetanus. Tetanus uh, is, uh, is a top bacteria toxin that uh, affects this vesicle transport and causes the death of hundreds of thousands of, of children each year. That's one example. We use also in immune disorders in children with, with 
high degree of inflammation. We use the analysis of vesicle transport uh, in the diagnostics, and based on these findings, we decide treatments. So yes, they have clinical implications. And there are, I think, genetic disturbances, rare diseases, but there are genetic disorders in this machinery. One of them causes a severe immune defect, as Dr. Henter mentioned, with hyperinflammation. Another uh, one leads to, uh, mainly affects the brain and leads to epilepsy and mental retardation. So there are, there are clear medical implications. You said there are clear medical implications, but uh, so has, has this discovery led to new medicines, or is it just a way of understanding how the disease works? Is it still early stages? In, in what way? It has not led to any medicines yet, but it has led to diagnostics. But as Jan Inge said, these discoveries are on the basic machinery. Others have uh, applied them to uh, understanding or developing diagnostics. Please. Diabetes? So, yeah, the implication for diabetes that we know is insulin is produced in the pancreas and it's released in a calcium sensitive manner. And so this machinery operates in the release of insulin into the bloodstream. The machinery also works in tissues that respond to insulin, the hormone that mediates sugar uptake. And so it's a fundamental process in, in all cells. And that has really led to a greater understanding of disease pathogenesis and prospective treatments. Down here. Uh, you mentioned the central nervous system. Could you give an example of a disease that is uh, connected with these mechanisms? I think actually we, we mentioned the, 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 the tetanus because that is related to the, to the nervous system and affect the, affecting the, the muscles. So this is... Uh, uh, associate with with the nervous system. Yes. Well, there is a disease called botulism, uh, which is also related to to the nervous system. How does this work in This is in the same way that there are bacteria that produce toxins, and they uh, destroy this vesicle transport, and that causes uh, uh, potentially fatal disease. And we can actually use this toxin also. Uh, to treat children uh, that have spastic paralysis or dystonia in the muscles to release the tension in these muscles. So it's used therapeutically as well. Julene Zerath spoke with an unnamed interviewer about this year's prize. So it's a fundamental discovery of cell physiology. And it was not entirely easy for these investigators when they started. So... Schechtman, for example, did yeast genetics, and Rothman was doing biochemistry in a, cell, uh, in a test tube, and Sudoff was doing biochemistry and some functional studies with animal models. Could, could you explain a bit about the vesicular transport system for our lay audience, just right. in easy words? So think of a cell as sort of a factory, and it needs to produce proteins. And they need to shuttle these proteins in cargo from one workstation to the next, so each protein can get a little bit better refined along the way. The fundamental discovery here is how the packages, the molecules, the cargo, is shuttled from one compartment in the cell to the other, and how these molecules can be also exported from the cell. So it's that process which we have um, awarded the Nobel Prize in. So what were, if you should, the 
break, the key breakthroughs that make them uh, worthy of the Nobel Prize, the, those three gentlemen, what was the, the three steps? The three sort of steps. Of so um, Schechtman used yeast genetics, mm. and he was studying temperature-sensitive mutant yeast, and he could morphologically, with, with, with a microscope, see that some of the vesicles in the mutant yeast were building up in certain parts of the cell. And he understood that that disturbed the traffic. And he went on to identify the genes that controlled this traffic. That was a pretty bold approach because at the time, people didn't necessarily think that studies of yeast would be of relevance for mammals. Rothman took a really bold approach. He studied this process in a test tube. Now that approach was met with some skepticism because people thought that this traffic would be dependent upon the proximity of the compartments with each other. Therefore, you theoretically wouldn't be able to break up the cell because you'd need to have an intact cell. But Rothman broke up the cells and studied this in a test tube, and he could show that even in a reconstituted system, he could build up this interaction between proteins, the protein machinery, and study the traffic of these vesicles in broken cells. And Schechtman, when he came on the scene, I think he recognized that calcium could be a sensor. Sudoff, do you mean? Sudoff, yes, correct, Sudoff. Sudoff came on the scene. He recognized that calcium could be a sensor. And he was faced with a situation where all the building blocks were unknown. And so his job was to really to put functionality and understand what are the building blocks that the calcium binds to and how does that release vesicles in a temporally controlled manner. Uh, the winner of Nobel states that the prizes should be awarded to those who have um, conferred the greatest benefit on right. mankind. Right. Right. So in what way does this prize uh, fulfill this criterion? Well, that's true for all of the prizes. And um, new knowledge about how we, how we are in the world is a great benefit for mankind. This, again, is fundamental cell physiology. So the knowledge that we're gaining from this is applicable to all cells from yeast to humans, showing how ancient this is. And what these individuals have done is they've uncovered this machinery, this mechanism, and that has allowed us to understand basic physiology, but it's also allowed us to have some insight into disease progression and prospective treatments. So it's a pretty great benefit to mankind. With prospective uh, treatments, in, could you just give an example in one area when this could be? Right, so understanding the treatments better would allow you to focus on the machinery and potentially come up with drugs. For example, diabetes. It's a disease where insulin is not released from the pancreas appropriately. So this is controlled with also the calcium impulse. So theoretically, one could work in that area and develop pharmaceuticals to improve insulin release. Um, in tissues like muscle, you have an uptake of sugar into those cells. Theoretically, one could work on trying to target that machinery to have a better interaction of transport proteins to take up sugar and feed the muscle with sugar, glucose. Um, so there's a lot of examples of where this could be used. So why was this prize awarded this year? Yeah. Well, it's a long journey in terms of the vetting and how we work. And this one is mature, and we, you know, we, we felt that we had a fundamental discovery that was Nobel Prize worthy, and so this is why we're here today to talk about these laureates. Uh, how would you explain the importance of this prize to, a, say, like a grade school student? Right, right. 
Okay, so if you can imagine that you were going to go to school and you were going to take the bus and the bus showed up, but there was no sign on that bus to tell you where it was going to take you. All the signs on the buses disappeared. So you'd get into the bus without having any idea of where it might take you. It might take you to your school, but it might take you to your parents' workplace. So imagine that. You'd be missorted, and that's a little bit what this process is. Because of this process, the passengers, the cargo, they get to the right place, the school, at the right time so you're not late and you don't end up at the playground or at your parents' workplace or somewhere else where you're not supposed to be. So this whole process helps the cells sort proteins so the information is moved to the right place. What was the state of knowledge uh, in this field right. at, the, at this time? A little bit of what I said to you before. When, mm. when Scheckman started, people were skeptical of the idea of using a yeast model. Uh, people were unsure that you'd be able to really even do these experiments. When Rothman started, it was incredibly bold. He, he, he broke up the cells, studied this in a test tube. People were skeptical. They didn't think it could work. Uh, even with the Sudoff work, you know, the molecules were not on the table. And do you have any idea? I mean, those findings that are, are awarded today, a long time, you know, in the 80s, 90s, yeah. what, do you, what do they work on now? Well, you know, so some of the important work is even coming even today, you know. So we have some papers that have been published in the 90s and the 2000 that are really of relevance for this work. So all of them are active scientists. All of them are completely engaged in their, their projects, and they're moving these questions forward today. And personally... Uh, what makes you so enthusiastic about the device? Oh, I just think it's really fantastic. I mean, it's so beautiful. The organization of this traffic in the cell is just phenomenal. And the fact that cells really require this, otherwise they basically can't survive. Um, it's just phenomenal how cells are able to move this protein machine proteins from one place to the other. So, I mean, I just think the cell biology, the cell physiology is really beautiful.